Well, I am excited to say welcome back, everyone, to Mythalanius. The long-forgotten spinoff show of the Fake Nerd Podcast is back for a couple of specials, but hopefully it will lead to more. I am Brandon T. McClure, your host and your guide on this special of episodes, which I'll get into in a minute, with my Mythalanius co-host, Sparks Witty. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to be back. Uh, you say forgotten, but um, certainly some people have kept kept the will alive, my wife being one of them. Really? Well, it's her favorite logo. <laughs> you know what? It is one of our best logos. I, uh, you know, I've been pestering you for years to try to get miscellaneous off the ground. Scheduling was very difficult. We weren't sure how we wanted to kind of approach this the series going forward, but uh, I think now we've kind of gotten something, and certainly we, we have a couple episodes uh, to record soon. So, yeah, we definitely we definitely have something for the yeah. moment. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to be back. You know, I um my uh, uh for this is actually really emotional for me i will just say quickly as people probably know from me from the faker podcast uh know that my father passed away recently and he really loved this show he really liked that we did this show um and so it's very really happy that we get to get to do this so i'll just tell you guys what we're doing here we are actually going to do if you know from the title of this episode we are going to go through each indiana jones MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, the Sankara Stones, and the Crystal Skulls. And then we'll also do the Dial of Destiny. Um, but that will be post-Dial of Destiny when we know a bit more of what that actually is. Right. And and not every episode is going to come out before Dial of Destiny. So No, that's true. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of like, this is kind of me trying to do all the Indiana Jones episodes I can think, I can possibly think of on every single one of our podcasts um i think this is the only other one now that this is official this is we had the main yeah conversation Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. and real score and real score yeah jesus if there was an animated show based on indiana jones you bet your ass i'd be doing animation station if we if we were a fully funded uh, podcast with endless time. I'm sure we would have done a fake nerds watch about <laughs> the Indiana Jones show. Oh my god! Like I thought, I did think about it, but man, that sh- that show is weird. Yeah, and um, long and long. Yeah. So, but you know, we 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 do what we can. But I'm really excited to to do this one. This is gonna this is kind of a special project that I uh, I just kind of had the idea for. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the four main MacGuffins of the Indiana Jones franchise and say how the movie interprets them and how they are interpreted through their myths, their legends, and this case, the Bible. Right. So the first episode, th- this episode, we're going to be talking about the Ark of the Covenant, the, the quote unquote true history behind the Ark of the Covenant. Sure. Um, so I guess uh, unless Sparks, you want to say anything? Any more preamble? We should get going. No, I'll I'll just say like you know this is very much a, a part of how we were able to make this come about and and the formatting we knew we needed to do to make it happen is that and it's your passion is that you have to lead the way on this one and I'm I am a follower and I'm I'm here to bounce off of you and for you to bounce off of but but you are leading it and I am I am merely merely following and being the soundboard to uh, your research. Uh, just for clarification, I did no research. Um, <laughs> You've seen the movie. 
I've seen the movie. <laughs> That's um, it. Okay, so let's so let's get right into it. As Spark said, yes, this is this is kind of this is all going to be kind of my research because this is my passion. I love Indiana Jones, so let's get right into it. I get, this is also the first time we're doing this in video, miscellaneous first time in video. So yeah. um, the audio people won't know this, but I just put up a picture of the Ark of the Covenant on the screen for just reference. I guess I guess maybe just real quick, we should clarify that that like. Uh, <laughs> Miscellaneous's first season and only season so far uh, was pre YouTube of for us uh, yeah. our doing YouTube and and all that stuff. So we're kind of like soft soft relaunching Miscellaneous. Uh, we're not really starting over, but we are kind of like refinding our legs. This is the this is kind of the not initially intended, but ultimately the way we are stumbling into it. Uh, so bear with us. Yeah. So. Here. A little bit of learning curve, a little bit of growing pains as we kind of get back into the swing of things. Um, but let's get into it with the Ark of the Covenant. So um, I've written so much here. Um, <laughs> my, first, my first draft of this was incredibly boring. I want to be very clear. It was, it was, I was, I was, I had a crisis of self when I first wrote this. I was like, oh my God, this is the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. I pro I promise to you it's not going to feel that way. I promise to stare at you lovingly and have I love you written on my eyelids as I blink. Oh, uh, I appreciate completely it. Completely dedicated to what you teach me. I appreciate it. Also, we're not gonna talk about like the other the other objects within the Indiana Jones franchise. It's just, it's just the main MacGuffins of of all four films. So you're not talking you, you mean like not the idol at the beginning or yeah, not the idol, not the cross of Coronado, just the right, just the Ark, the Grail, the Sankara stones. Um, the Sankara stones, that'll be the next one. That's a really interesting story. Brandon, Brandon will find a way to, uh, like, I don't know, 10 years down the road. Uh, you know what? We should do all the other objects <laughs> in the franchise, all the things they mentioned in passing. We're gonna pop out six more indie episodes. The, there'd be no point because there's no Indiana. Oh, I guess 10 years, maybe. What, what, he'll be like 90. I don't know. You could do it in time with the game. Oh, shit. That game would be out sooner than 10 years, but like you could. Yeah. That's the Basement Arcade Indiana Jones episode. There it is. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So let's get started. Um, as audiences will know by now, I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones. Uh, there's many Indiana Jones episodes coming, and I've already come on the Fickner Podcast, Family Very Podcast. Good. I love Indiana Jones as a character. For more on that, check out Conversation. Which is out by the time this is out, most likely, uh, with with Ken Napsok. Um, okay, so one of the things that make the franchise so interesting to me is the mystical artifacts at the heart of the franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Ark of the Covenant, Sakara Stones, the Holy Grail, and even the Crystal Skulls. I have always had a fascination with the Crystal Skulls, even when I was a kid, even before the movie. I'm I'm pretty excited to get to that one because, like, I will admit, <laughs> when we get to that one. I do kind of want to talk about like actual modern, like um, I don't know what the correct term is, like new new ageism mm -hmm. use of crystals and crystal skulls and how that connects. Anyway. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, the crystal skull is super fascinating, but this isn't about that. Um, these MacGuffins serve to propel Jones's journey forward, uh, but aren't always the point of the story. So if you remember Holy Grail, the point of the story is not the Holy Grail. Uh, arguably, the Ark of the Covenant isn't the point of this one either. But anyway, 
Um, for context, because I we're going to be using the term MacGuffin a lot. I just for anybody who doesn't know what a MacGuffin is, I'm going to real quickly just explain it. Um, a MacGuffin is something that the main character or characters have to search for. That's really all it is. Um, it was popularized, not created by, but popularized by Alfred Hitchcock, who famously said, quote, the, the MacGuffin is the thing that the spies are after, but the audience doesn't care, mm-hmm. end quote. Um, admittedly, though, Indiana Jones probably changed that way of thinking. I think the Indiana Jones franchise kind of made the MacGuffins really, like, like popularize the idea that these are, like, it's the audience does care about these things more than they do what, what the story is. Hmm. Um, because Hitchcock never made it his point, but I think fans think that Indiana Jones's point is the MacGuffins. But that's a different debate. I wonder if that varies from movie to movie. Maybe. Because I kind of agree with you. I don't think that the arc is the point yeah. in this one. And I don't think it's true of Holy Grail. Grail. But it is kind of it's definitely true of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of true of the stones to a degree. Yeah. I want to know when I could. There's neither here nor there. Continue with what you were doing. All right. Uh, that's a that's a debate for. I don't know. It's a debate for today and maybe a different episode. We'll see. There's a few debates that I think we're going to return to uh, within sure. within the series. Um, But so for this series, I want to go through each of the five Indiana Jones films, including Dial of Destiny, um, which is not out at the time of this recording um, and talk about the real mythological stories that surround them. So one episode for each for this episode, I'll be focusing on the one from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. Uh, This is also going to create a bit of a gray area for Mythelaneous. I want to just put that up there up top because technically anything that has to do with the Bible is theology and not mythology. Uh, mythology is primarily used when studying ancient religions, and it feels like the only reason why we don't use the same terms to talk about stories from the Bible is that it's not an ancient religion. Controversial. Sure. Sure. Um, I did ask my partner, what is the difference between mythology and theology? And we got into a heated debate. Mm. Uh, that's a, this is also, that's the debate that I think is going to come up again, because I, I think that theology and mythology are one and the same personally mm-hmm. sure. but you know if you don't that's fine um just i i dare anybody who believes they're not to really give me an answer like why are they different i didn't come prepared for this <laughs> you said you didn't do research no and i didn't i didn't think about like why why mythology and theology are different so yeah right it's an interesting it's an interesting thought but again Again, kind of one of those things that I think probably throughout the series will return to this debate. Sure. Specifically, I think with the Holy Grail. Yeah. Um, Okay. Oh, I don't know if I should read this paragraph. (laughs) I go I go a little bit further into this stupid debate. Okay. Okay. I'll read this paragraph. Um, (laughs) No one worships the polytheistic gods anymore. So we look at them as stories from ancient, from an ancient culture, but since thousands upon thousands worship the monotheistic God, uh, we don't put it in the same category, but I challenge anyone to tell me what the fundamental difference is between any of the stories laid out in the Bible and the stories passed down from Egypt or Greece. Sure. I mean, like, that is 
that's tough right i feel like egyptian particularly throws that weird because they're i might not be 100 percent correct on this but i'm pretty sure there are still people who like treat egyptian gods as like part of their religion yeah maybe i like, honestly I don't, think, I don't think that's just considered defunct Mm-hmm. But like Greek and Roman in large terms are considered defunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all morality stories, just like what's in the Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree on that point. I think that 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 my my thing there was like, I think Egyptian kind of counters the whole idea of like, is the separation about people don't really take it seriously or worship it anymore? Because I think Egyptians would probably break that. Yeah, maybe. I'd love to know if uh, there are people who still believe actively believe in the egyptian gods i'd really love to know sure um okay well anyway let's talk about the artifacts <laughs> let's talk about the ark of the covenant now yes um according to george lucas phil kaufman came up with the idea to use the ark of the covenant for the fi- for the film after an old dentist of his uh, who was obsessed with it so i guess he was at a dentist's office and his dentist was really obsessed with the ark of the covenant so he was like hey if you ever do a movie, you should make it about the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. So even before Indiana Jones was a thing, Philip Kaufman was like, whatever this is, Ark of the Covenant. Um, Kaufman wrote Rising Sun and the Outlaw Josie Wales uh, and developed the story for Raiders with Lucas before it was passed to Lawrence Kasdan to write the script. For more on that, check out our Indiana Jones episodes with Victor Podcast. Um, much of what is detailed about the Ark is written in the book of Exodus. Uh, I'm not going to go into the entire book. So for anyone who doesn't know, the book of Exodus is the second book of the Bible and details the Israelites leaving Egypt after God chose them as his people. We've all seen the Prince of Egypt, right? That. <laughs> it's that. That movie is the book of Exodus. Right. Or the Ten Commandments. It's been made into a movie. Uh, <laughs> with less singing. Probably they might have sung, but who knows? That's a shame. Um, just a side note, real quick, that I thought was interesting. Apparently, the Jewish people are descendants of Israelites, but Israelites are not strictly Jewish, which is not something I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, the name refers to the people whom the Hebrew Bible describes specifically as the direct descendants of any of the sons of the patriarch Jacob, who was later named Israel by an angel. Uh, also, this event might not have even happened anyway. So. That's a completely different debate, though. Sure. I read many accounts where it was like, archaeologists actually don't think that this has happened. Mm. But anyway, here's the Ark, though. Now I'm at the Ark. All of that preamble stuff, now I'm at the Ark. Now we're here. Now we're here. We did it. (laughs) It's not quite John Williams, but it's close. Um, Also known as the Ark of Testimony or the Ark of God. The Ark of the Covenant is considered to be one of, if not the most sacred relic of the Israelites. The aforementioned book of Exodus describes the Ark as a wooden chest, quote, a wooden chest made of, made in pure gold with an elaborately designed lid called the, oh, I should, I, I knew I should have looked this up again. Coparet, I believe. Okay. It's called, uh, or quote unquote, mercy seat. It tr- roughly translates directly as mercy seat. Um, this is the part of the Ark that has the two cherubs, you know, so if you look on the picture here is the, the two winged creatures on the top of the Ark, that's the mercy seat. Right. Um, 
the it was apparently it was there because it was meant to for God. So God would actually sit on the ark um, and talk to the Israelites on their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, the ark contained the two stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, which is right. which is the the sand of the movie. Um, these are the primary two reasons for the creation of the ark: to hold the commandments and to allow God to communicate with the Israelites. Mm. According to the New Testament, it was contain it also contained Aaron's rod and a pot of manna. So this was like the New Testament is kind of like a retcon of the Old Testament. Um, the Old Testament has the book of Exodus. The New Testament is like, I, I think it's, if I remember correctly, it's anything after Christ came back from the dead. Mm. Or he was, correct me if I'm wrong on this one. I don't talk a lot about the New Testament in this one because most of this is from the Old Testament. Right. But I think that's, I think it's, it's either after the birth of Jesus or after the death of Jesus is when the New Testament takes place. Okay. I think it's the birth of Jesus. Um, this doesn't matter. That's a whole other thing. Um, for those wondering, though, Aaron's rod is re- is um, referred to as any walking stick used by Moses's brother, Aaron. Um, the rod had magical abilities during the plagues of Egypt, but uh, that seems to be a retcon, as I mentioned. To use the common vernacular, it appears to be a retcon. Okay. Because I don't, th- there's not much about Aaron in the Old right. Testament. So I think he was created in the New Testament. Right. So functionally, just going back for the Israelites, the Ark functions as almost like a throne of God. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, That they carry around. Um, So this is just me speculating. The reason why I have a bit about Aaron's rod here is because I think that this is inspiration for the Staff of Ra. The Staff of Ra doesn't exist. That's made up for the movie. Um, and so, like, the whole, like, Well of Souls thing that, and the, the people putting the staff in there, that's all made up for the movie. Right. That has nothing to do with the Bible. I think it's possible. And, like, clarifying, just clarifying. Yeah. Staff of Ra, it's not that it doesn't... It's not just that it doesn't exist in terms of relation to the Ark of Covenant. It doesn't exist, period. Yeah, there's nothing... There's nothing. It came. It seemingly came from nothing. I think it came from Aaron's rod, though. I think they saw that and extrapolated that and turned it into the ark, the the staff of Ra. Sure. Which could be way off base, but who knows? Um, the Well of Souls actually does exist, but I'll talk about that later. Um, the pattern of the ark was given to Moses by God when the Israelites were based at the foot of Mount Sinai. And it was created about a year after the exodus from Egypt. Um, because it is too holy to be put on the ground or touched by anyone but the chosen, it is carried on poles inserted into the golden rings. So that's why India and Sala have to put the the rods there. Mm-hmm. Um, I So this is kind of where the stuff I took out that was boring, <laughs> that was boring, the, the thing, comes into play. Because... The Bible does name the two people who built the ark, like actually made it. And I just, I didn't include it here because I didn't think it was necessary. Um, But the Bible is incredibly detailed about the ark. Like it, it like goes into it. For example, I actually say, Hey, here's something really boring. Apparently 
the book of Exodus gives its exact measurements of four feet by two feet by 2.5 feet. So there That's it is. That's very specific. Yeah, it's the it was wild to me because like it it dictate it tells exactly who made it and exactly what the size of it. It's wild how detailed it is about the ark. Um it also says um I think I took this out, but it also says what it's made of. I do say what it's made of. Yes. Uh so I'll get to that later. Uh because that's actually kind of interesting. The ark appears in eight books in the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament. Um, two books in the Christian New Testament, that's the New Testament, and various poetry and prophetic texts. Um, so they are Exodus, as we mentioned before, um, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Samuel 1 and 2 in the Old Testament, Kings 1 in the Old Testament, and Chronicles 1 and 2 in the Old Testament, Psalms, Jeremiah, Hebrews, New Te- the New Testament Hebrews, and Revelations in the New Testament. If anyone wants to go looking at those in either Bible, go right ahead. I do not de- I do not detail every single one of those stories, though. <laughs> right. Um, I was actually really surprised at how frequent the Ark shows up in the Bible. Hmm. I honestly thought it was. I a lot of the Ark, a, a lot of the Bible is just like pass is like section in the passages, and very rarely do they kind of continue on and kind of it's not a narrative story but very rarely do things continue on after their passage and i was actually really surprised that the ark kept showing up right um the phrase the ark of the covenant is a roundabout translation of the hebrew term aaron habrit uh a-r-o-n-h-a-h-a-b-b-r-i-t which literally translates to chest of the covenant. So the term ark comes from the Latin arca, which means chest or box. That's where we get the, the English word for ark. Hmm. Um, in the Hebrew Bible, covenants represent contracts and promises between God and the Israelites. So the Ten Commandments, for example, were a covenant between them and uh, represent the spiritual protection of God in exchange for them keeping the commandments. So as long as they held the commandments, God would protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know why, I guess the Ark, I could, I can't, I couldn't find exactly why it just isn't just called the chest of the covenant. Why it's just called the Ark of the covenant. I think it's just because Ark just became the, the vernacular. Does it, does it start that way right off the bat as far as translation? Well, it starts with chest. It says, so it's basically chest of the covenant. And then it evolves into Ark of the Covenant. And that's because of the Latin word for chest. When does it change into Ark? Well, I don't know. The translations, the translations, so I did try to find this. The translations all read Ark of the Covenant. But the direct translation of the original text in Hebrew is chest of the covenant. Mm-hmm. So I think. That's just kind of, oh, but maybe maybe it happened because when they switched, when they translated the book into Latin. Right. And that just became Ark. Sure. That's possible. Um, that's just kind of one of those things that's lost the time, though, when exactly that, that change happened. Um, because of its holiness, no one was supposed to directly touch the Ark. 
Uh, and it even killed one man who touched it. So, so this story is actually really funny. So he, it's not funny. A man died, um, <laughs> but they're holding, they're holding the ark and it's kind of wobbling. Okay. And he, and so the guy like supports it and immediately dies. So that sucked. <laughs> um, that's, that's just, that's just a story. That's just, that's man, just a story. This man died. He just he because he was supporting the arc, so it was like, oh, uh, we're losing. Oh no, dies. Sucks. Wow. Um, so this begs the question: Does the arc have power, as seen in the movie? So this is where we kind of get to where the movie portrays the arc. Um, does the arc have have power, as seen in the movie? The answer to this seems to be yes, but the Hebrew Bible isn't clear if it has power. If it has power, sorry, I forgot to emphasize. If it has power. Or if it acts as a conduit for God's power. Uh-huh. So, so, so the in the movie when Belloc opens the ark, all these like ghostly figures come out of it and kill all the Nazis, right? Right. Nothing like that happens in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to have a ability, and I got a little bit about that picture, by the way, the picture that's in the in the movie. That's kind of cool. Okay. A little, but that's a little later. Sizzle for my report. <laughs> right. So, like, isn't is it that in the original versions that the implication is that the Ten Commandments are the were the source of the power, not the Ark itself? The Ark is in the, a container. In the movie. In 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 the text in. So in the in the in the text it. It seems to be the Ark itself, the thing that is holding the Ten Commandments, has power. The commandments itself don't have power outside of just being a contract with God. The Ark itself, which is why I think a lot of scholars think it's not its not the Ark. It's actually it's its conduit for God's power. Like, God is protecting the Ark, and therefore the commandments. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. I guess you can make an argument that within the Ark is contained the voice of God, since the Ten Commandments come from God. That's a good point. Yeah, it could be that he is, I mean, he apparently like sits on the Ark frequently and talks to people. Um, but yeah, that so the a wild deleted scene. Right? It's just God. <laughs> um. So anyway, but regardless of this, the Ark is responsible for things like death, diseases, and just general misfortunes, wherever the Ark goes. Um, Here are some of the things that the Ark did when people touched it. I also read that people weren't supposed to look at it, so it had something draped over it. Some say it had its own tent called the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. So like it would be drenched, it would be like draped in a tent because people weren't allowed to see it. And some sources say that was actually, you know, those like when we want, when you watch like older movies and you see like uh, servants taking, uh, taking um, royalty around and they have, a, they have like, they're holding like the things up. Yeah. There's some people who think that that's what this was. Like it was a, it was like that, but for the arc. And that was actually because God was, constantly with it so god okay. would be sitting in this in this caravan constantly mm-hmm. that's not i 
I don't believe that's from the Bible. That just seems to be how people have interpreted it over the years. Sure. Um, but some sources do say that it was at least had a draping over it so that people wouldn't see it. So God's just sitting in a warehouse now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, so here, so when, when so when, <laughs> this is the story I just told you, by the way. So when a man touches it in the book of Kings to keep it steady as they cross an uneven surface, he is instantly killed. It very much feels like any time with this, that God's power is to be observed. God's always using his power to do terrible, terrible things. Yeah. Well, he's doing it to protect, I mean, outside of this dude who just tried to protect the ark. He's doing it seemingly to protect the Israelites. Okay. Like that's what, that's what the covenant is, right? It's, you take my 10 commandments around and I will protect your, your people. But he's also, I mean, the, the, the old Testament, God is a very vengeful person. Yeah, sure. Testament. But I mean, like, it's always like, so long as your people never, never look inside or heaven forbid, if you even look at this box. Yeah, I will. I will ruin your day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God's kind of a dick. Um, when the ark was stolen by the Philistine army in the book of Samuel, the Philistines repeatedly had health issues and misfortunes. So they returned the ark to the Israelites to prevent further misfortune. Can you just imagine just stealing the ark and being like, no, take it back. We don't want this thing. Mm -hmm. um, a group of 70 people from Beth Shemesh who decided to look into the ark were instantly killed for doing so. Uh, the city walls in a, the, so, so during the siege of Jericho, which is a famous siege in the Bible uh, where the Israelites were, uh, were sieging Jericho, the ark was toted around the city walls in a seven day procession accompanied by seven priests sounding seven trumpets and made the city walls come tumbling down. So the ark does seem to have some sort of power. Sure. Um, it is said that if people open the ark, they die, but I couldn't find a specific story about it happening, except I just read that. So that was a typo that I just read out. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's fun. Um, it appears that the powers, uh, uh, and ghosts, uh, so the powers and ghosts and melting faces are all made up for the movie. Even the image that Indiana shows the government agents is not a real Bible image. So, you know, the, the, like the image that he shows in the picture, this is the ark. What's this? Oh, it's lightning, I guess. Power of God, whatever. Right. That's drawn by Ralph McQuarrie. Sure. So that's a, that's a new image that he created for the movie specifically. Yeah. I mean like no offense to art from the Bible, but it looked like something made, you know, drawn in the 80s a little bit it does look like bible-esque so good enough no, i mean glory. like it's definitely pulling from the art style i don't mean to insult but like it's it's not it doesn't have the same sensibilities and uh clarity mm -hmm. of those types of images they do a good yeah. job like i don't mean to i don't mean to shame i always like that image um i did find a a pretty good um quality image of it that Ralph McQuarrie shared later in his life. Um, anyway. Uh, so one of the things that has plagued people for hundreds of years is whether or not the Ark of the Covenant is or was real. Uh, quote, different people will give you different answers to, the, to that question. Uh, end quote says, uh, Barrett Halpern, who is a Penn State professor at, of ancient history, classics, and ancient Mediterranean studies, 
and religious studies. I'm sorry. His title got so long there. Uh, I kind of lost it there. He continues, quote, the Ark is a regular feature in the Old Testament, making several appearances in the first five books of the Bible. The various references to the Ark are pretty consistent. And when you add it all up, it seems like the Ark was a real article. What do you think? Uh, do, do you know, because I don't, and I'm a whittle baby who doesn't care. Um, <laughs> do you know if the Ten Commandments are somewhere? Are they physically somewhere? What'd you say? Uh, you cut out for a second there. The Ten Commandments, are they physically somewhere? No, they're not physically anywhere. Right, yeah, okay. So we don't, we, we've never seen them. No. Okay. So I could totally buy that at one point, there were stone tablets that they said, yeah, these are the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, regardless of like how those necessarily came about, I'm sure they existed at some point in some form, right? Yeah. And I'm sure they put them in a box. Maybe not a box made of gold, just a box. And then like stories passed down and passed down and passed down. Like both those things are lost because mm -hmm. they're not resources meant to last the test of time. Right. And they're not protected by God necessarily and so like it turns into yeah you know like it was this gold box that contained the power of god's voice and and like just we don't know where it went <laughs> lost Real it. Important, we lost it <laughs> uh, so actually maybe they didn't lose it so i got I, there's some stuff about where it might be sure so um i realize now that i'm kind of coming up to the end of this um the, this is the last section I have, which is the um, the where if it's real, where could it be? Um, and I I remember, now remember that I took out the very boring parts of what the ark was made of. So quickly from just what I remember, it's made of a special type of wood that grows on Mount Sinai, um, and then plated in gold. So it isn't a gold box; it's a wooden box that is plated in gold. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I understood that was the description. Oh, I'm interestingly. saying. I'm saying I bet there was just a wooden box at one point. That and they're like, part. <laughs> get God. It's right. And they keep like it. they keep like passing down the story. They're like, so the boxes, the box got bus busted up, and they're like, oh no, that box was plated in gold. Uh, yeah. And you could even you could even say that like definitely these things exist at one point. And then later, like it didn't. And then they were like, all right, well, we're going to make this box with fancy plated gold and we're going to say they're in there. <laughs> and no one can look. No one double checks if the Ten Commandments are in there. Can Nobody you imagine? Looks. Can you imagine some, the, the person who died by looking in the box was just stabbed? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like, we, no one will, must and know. And then his body's in there, the box is just heavier, and it's like, that's God's will. <laughs> that's God's will. God wanted that to happen. Um, it's kind of it kind of feels a little bit like we talked about with um you know the ancient mythologies how they kind of work backwards well this is this is one of those things where like we said we've said this in our first season when we were talking about mythologies and and that like to an extent some amount of it you're you always understand you're playing a game of telephone yeah and like the truth is the the, the reality is probably somewhere in the mix there but like you will not not get the full picture Right. Um, like it's just it's just too too old, you know. It's like how we can't get the full picture on dinosaurs. Like we just we just really we can't. Yeah. We'll, we'll do our best, but we can't. Um, and it's the same with these kinds of things where like that is so long ago and so many people have been able to pass off their narratives on it that like 
some some amount uh who knows what amount is true and then i don't know <laughs> so it gets even wilder because you're absolutely correct sparks this is uh this is exactly what's happened with whether or not the arc is real mm-hmm. so this this um professor is basically saying the same thing that people say about dragons, right? Like there are so many accounts of dragons all around the world that there has to be some truth to them. I kind of believe that anyway of like, how do all these, all these um, religions and cultures have such similar accounts without having interacted with each other at this point. And they all come up with this idea it's very similar here where if this arc shows up in various points in history or it's specifically the Bible and it's consistent, then surely there must be some truth here. Yeah. I believe there was a box. That there's, there, there was probably a box. I believe there may have even been more than one box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if it's real, where could it right. be? Where could it be? In a museum. <laughs> actually uh the librarians the tv series and the movie series has it in the library of alexandria of alexandria sure they do yeah after the jerusalem temple was destroyed in 586 bce which is the last place the ark was seen it disappeared from history completely um some claim that it was stolen while others claim it is on mount nebu which is where moses saw the promised land so you know he uh-huh. went up this mountain he was like oh look promised land and it was right. jerusalem I think. Sure. sure. Uh, a couple places have actually claimed to have it. They say they have it. Um, sure. But most popularly, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church claims that they've had it for centuries. So, according to church leaders, the Ark of the Covenant has been closely guarded in Aksum, Ethiopia, at the Church of St. Mary of Zion. Church authorities, however, won't let anyone see it. Because only one man, quote, the guardian of the Ark, is allowed to see it. So no one can see if their claim is authentic. Right. I mean, like, well, this is the thing, right? Is like when you have a box that contains the power of God and you say the rules are you can't look in it. In fact, it's better if you never look at it. You can kind of put it wherever you want. Right, exactly. So the, the so the guardian, so so the guardian of the ark, apparently people have been asking for years to like hey, if you say you have it, can we go see it? Can we look at it? Can we see if it's the genuine article? And they're like, no, no, no. Only the guardian of the ark can see it. And he says it's there. What if that guy like lost it? Like, what if it was real and that dude just lost it? And he's like, no one must know. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this is one of those things where like, you know, if it's there, we'd know. It, it kind of feels like. If it's a real thing, you'd know. Yeah. Uh, another claim, though, is that the Ark was hidden in a in a. This is going to say this is a lot of words that I don't know the meaning of. <laughs> in a, it was hidden in a warren of passages beneath the first temple in Jerusalem before the Babylonians destroyed it in 586 BC. So the Jerusalem temple, just to make it makes a little bit more sense, the Jerusalem temple that was destroyed, which was the last place the Ark was seen. Uh, the, cl- these people are claiming that it was hidden underneath in a bunch of caverns. Sure. Um, But that theory can't be tested either because the site is home to the Dome of the Rock Shrine, which is sacred in Islam. Uh, So digging beneath it simply isn't an option. 
Um, the only reason why I bring this up, though, is because this is where the real Well of Souls is. Mm-hmm. So this is the Well of Souls that they've okay. that the movie it reinterprets as e- in, in Egypt, right? Um, it's actually the name of a natural cave beneath the dome of the rock. So not a snake filled cavern in Egypt. Thank goodness. I mean, there could be snakes, but it's not in Egypt. Uh huh. Um, a couple of other possibilities, though, for where the ark could be currently. Uh, is hidden by priests under the Temple Mount for safekeeping, which is I think it's just I think it's just, that's the same one, but it was listed as a different thing, so I put it in here just in case. Okay. Spirited away to an unknown site before the Babylonians even arrived in Jerusalem, so someone took it and just bailed. Right. Uh, the Ark was removed by divine intervention, so God basically took it back. Uh, taken by an Ethiopian prince. That's all it says. I assume. To Ethiopia, but it's all it says was it was taken by an Ethiopian prince, uh huh, or just destroyed. Sure, it was, or it was just destroyed in that battle, <clears throat> which is possible. Honestly, really likely if it did exist, it probably was just destroyed. Right, because it was probably just a box. It was probably just a box, exactly. And again, maybe not the first box. <laughs> <laughs> they just drop it and shatters. Uh, quickly make a new one. Um, but yeah, so okay. That's that's kind of where where it could be. So I'm going to say I'm just going to say a little bit about um, how Raiders interprets that. So what what is the Well of Souls? So the Well of Souls seems to be a, a natural cave system that's beneath something called the Dome of the Rock, which is a um, which is a, a holy site in Israel. Uh, no, not in Israel. Yes, it is in Jerusalem. It is in, in Jerusalem, but it's sacred to Islam. Um, so it's, I don't know what it looks like. I couldn't find, I couldn't, it, it's where the, it's, it's where the, where is it? The temple, the first temple of Jerusalem was. Okay. And what exists there now is called the Dome of the Rock. And that's, so underneath that is a natural cave system. And that's the Well of Souls. Do you know why it's called the Well of Souls? You broke up, what did you say? Do you know why it's called the Well of Souls? No, I have no idea. Okay. I didn't think to look that one up. See, that's why, you know, there you go. That's why you're here. Someone tell me, why is it called the Well of Souls? I'm here to ask the questions that we're not going to have an answer to. <laughs> I'm going to look this one up. Tune in, tune in next indie special when we go backwards and say, yeah, so the Well of Souls. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to look this one up. Why is it called... Why is the Dome of the Rock the Well of Souls? Dome of Rock. I'm almost done with the report, so I can do this. I can vamp. Is this good content? <laughs> Probably not, but whatever. Um, okay. So the Well of Souls, a partially a partly natural, partly man-made cave location inside the foundation stone under the Dome of the Rock Shrine and Temple. The cavity beneath the rock accessible by a staircase near the south entrance is known as Bur el Arwa, which translates into the Well of Souls. Interesting. <coughs> There's like a whole other report here on the Well of Souls. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So, um, this is also referred to as the Holy of the Holies by the Christians. Oh, so it's just like a whole thing. Oh, the name Well of Souls derives from a medieval Islamic legend that at this place, the spirits of the dead can be heard awaiting Judgment Day. 
Although this is not a mainstream view in Sunni Islam, the name has also been applied to a depression in the floor of this, of this cave and a hypothetical chamber that may exist beneath it. Yeah, and there's a there's a artist rendition of it. So, cool. so because yeah. I asked because like you were about to lead into the film's interpretation, and it always felt to me like because they talk about the Well of Souls and they go to their version of the location that is the Well of Souls, that because because the Ark was there is why it was the Well of Souls, and when you see it opened and the things come out those are souls. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's I always point. thought that like the movie's interpretation is that the art contains the, the well of souls essentially. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, the it's obviously wrong, but, um, well, but like you can kind of, you can kind of backwards that, right? Like you can say that like, you know, they, they interpreted the idea of the well of souls being this place where these souls are awaiting judgment day but with the ark, right? Yeah. You, they just put that, they just put those souls in the ark for the movie. Right. That's, that's how it always felt because like nothing you said gives any reason for like, why do people come out? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't think it, Oh, I wonder if they, that's a really good point. Why do people come out of this thing? But maybe that's I, it. Maybe that's it because it's the souls. My, my movie brain always uh, assimilated that like, the well of souls moniker and seeing souls come out of the Ark of Covenant, those were supposed to be like for the film connected narrative. Yeah. yeah. I wonder also why they made that decision for oh actually hold on. I'm about to answer this question. Um I was about to <laughs> Hold on. Uh, so in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark was taken to the Egyptian city of Tanis by a pharaoh. Because of that, the city suffered major sandstorms that wiped it from the, from the earth. Okay. That's from the movie. This is actually one of the theories for where the Ark was taken after Jerusalem. So there is a theory saying that a pharaoh took the Ark to Tanis or an Egyptian city. The Egyptian city is never named. Right. Originally, uh, Lucas and, and Spielberg came up with it being Tannis. So they kind of took from a lot of different places. They're like, oh, well, the Well of Souls, we'll just put that in Egypt. The Pharaoh, at the time in the 80s, the Pharaoh theory was the most popular one. Sure. And what so makes they, the most cool adventure? Right, it makes the most cool adventure, exactly. Um, so they, they did that. Tannis, however... Fine. Which is fine. No one is going to Indiana Jones movies expecting factually accurate history. No, that's true. And but they also like I think one of the things that makes Indiana Jones kind of fun is that like the the it's the way they interpret the history. Yeah. I, I think, think it's also I think it's also important to note that, you know, like when they were making especially like the original indie trilogy, like the internet was not what it was. They had encyclopedias. Was not what it was. You know, like you had limited amount of resources that you could pull when you're trying to make a movie script. Yeah, they probably had an encyclopedia that said like, mm -hmm. oh, an Egyptian pharaoh took the Ark to... I'm sure they consulted a expert, but you can't just get consultations with a bunch at that time. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more here about, about Tannis. Sure. That I think... So Tannis... Tannis is a whole other report. Tannis didn't actually disappear. Um, it's not a play. It wasn't a place that was played by sandstorms. Thanks to the Ark. Uh, that's all made up for the movie, but it is a real place. Tannis is a real place. And, but it was an abandoned city. Um, 
It was found by a man named Pierre Montet in 1939, um, which I thought was interesting because that's only three three years after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. Um, but rather than the Nazis in 1936. Montet is kind of a fun guy, though. So this whole Tannis thing, that's a whole other report. I don't want to go into a lot of this. Um, so I just have a little bit about it. He's fun because he always blamed World War II for the reason that no one cared that he found Tannis. Hmm. So he made this big discovery in 1939 about this about this abandoned city in Egypt. It was all intact, a little bit ruined, but it was all there. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he thought it should have made it should have made waves, like it right. should have been like national news. Mm-hmm. But because World War II broke out, no one gave a shit. Right, and that could also be why nobody actually people actually and that mixed with Raiders of the Lost Ark might be why people don't actually know Tannis is a real place. Sure. But yeah, that's actually the report. That's all I got. So fun right. stuff. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed researching this. I had a lot more boring things to talk about before mm-hmm. I tried to keep it. I tried to keep it tight and knowledgeable and focused on just kind of the arc and how it related to the movie, because there was so much there's so much stuff that went into it. And the thing about with Tannis and the well of souls and things like that, although I probably should have done more on the well of souls. I'm glad we looked that up. That was fun. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So I got to keep an an eye out for like some of those offshoots where they're, they're mildly important. Yeah. The, the well of souls one would should should have been researched, but Tannis, like if you guys want to look up Tannis, I would recommend you do so. It's kind of an interesting story, but it's not for, it's not for this. Yeah. Um, my sources though, I've got sources, uh, obviously the Bible. <laughs> I did, I did look in some Bible passages. Sure. Um, I looked at the live science. These, all these sources, by the way, will be in the description below if anyone wants to go through them and link them. Um, but live sciences article, the Ark of the Covenant, national geographics, the true story of the lost city made famous by Indiana Jones. That's where I got the Tannis information. Sure. Star Wars Explained had a really good video on all the MacGuffins. So I'll kind of reference him a little bit. So it's called The Real History of the Ark of the Covenant. It's it's basically this, but in 10 minutes, far uh-huh. less detailed, just real quick in and out. Sure. Um, Bible Study Tools, The Ark of the Covenant. Britannica, why, Where is the Ark of the Covenant, which I've mentioned before. And um, Ancient Mysteries on the, history, on the history website, Lost Ark of the Covenant. So yeah. Now that's the Ark of the Covenant, Sparks. What'd you think? No, it's cool. Um, how how do you feel they did in interpreting that for a movie? I think it's far more interesting in the movie. Well, and sure. I th- I wonder how much I you know going through it, you can kind of see where they piecemealed ideas and came up with their own stories and whatnot, and you can kind of bend over backwards to make a lot of the journey make sense within the religious mythology of theology, whatever you want to call it uh, to kind of see where they, what they were thinking. But I think it's really funny how they interpreted specifically the arc's power mm-hmm. because it's, and it, it comes from a place of like, it's a, this is a, Excuse me. This is a movie, so it has to be cinematic, right? So this is what they're going to do. It doesn't come from a place of 
this is what it is. Like they could have, there's the, there's a part of the movie where Belloc touches the ark and he just falls on his face. Right. Right. (laughs) But that's not interesting. That's not, that's not a cool ending to a movie. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of this was just, it's over dramatized for, for film and, you know, makes the, it makes the story a lot more interesting, I think. What do you think the intention was for, like, what does Belloc think he's going to see when they open the Ark? The Ten Commandments, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I'd assume. Yeah. But, like... They, the Nazis specifically, like, he, when he reaches his hand in and he pulls out the sand, he's expecting, like, a weapon, I think. A weapon. That's what he, because, like, there's nothing in here. It's just sand. And I was like, what What do you think was in there? Right, yeah, that's that's kind of my, like... If it is the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they were just on stone... I guess they, if they were preserved well enough, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be too. They'd be a little damaged, but I guess they wouldn't have eroded into sand necessarily. I mean, the Rosetta Stone is still pretty much intact, and it's from the, around the same period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about like, like, but like being kept in. I guess how vacuum sealed tight is that? Like, how much <laughs> oxygen is the rock getting? Like all that kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, I just. something that always stands out to me in the film is like given all the information you have in the movie about like what the arc is i'm like i don't know what they thought they were getting when they opened it yeah what did belloc tell them they were looking for what was he what was his goal in finding the arc right like with sand i'm like did you in theory wouldn't you have thought it was just going to be two stones yeah just two stones i like and like the if you go by the picture of like the power of God kind of Ralph Macquarie picture, like what does Belloc think opening the ark will, will is opening the ark will do right. Like opening the ark is, isn't what creates that lightning power that we're seeing in that image. So what's he looking for? That's a really good question. I think that's, you know, like it doesn't matter because like the adventure is the important thing Mm -hmm. in the movie, but just thinking about like what you've already shared about like what, what it actually was the story basis and then how they interpreted that in the film. I'm like, you, you can make the argument of like the, the, the common go-to like really great trope for these things is the, the Hitler's fascination with the occult. Um, and so sure. Explain the Nazi thing, I guess. <laughs> but um, for Belloc, like what, what did you think you were going to find? Yeah. He, because um, he makes a whole big deal of like, we have to open the ark. Like what if we open did- the ark in Germany? What did Indy think they were going to find? Yeah. Well, he you just know, wanted like, the artifact. Right. Uh, yeah. Huh? That's a really good question. That's a really good question because you never really think about, like, why do they open the Ark? Right. There's no reason to. Like, not really. Well, from Belloc's perspective, right, there would be. If you are, if you are... Nazis who believe what Hitler believes and believes like power of God resides in there. Maybe you don't want to open it, but Belloc mm-hmm. would, because in theory, Belloc believes there's just two big stone slabs in there. Right. And he wants to see them. And like, that can be useful in itself, right? That's like worth something because they're the original 10 commandments. Yeah. It's a good um, point. So that can buy you something. Um, Yeah. Something and to ruminate on. The West has just like a crap ton of things, just like the Ark. 
Yeah, I wonder what else is in that warehouse, quite honestly. Paul. Paul. <laughs> Jesus, Paul. I haven't thought about Paul in a long time. It's one of my favorite bits. I honestly thought that bit was incredible. Um, okay, well, that's the Ark of the Covenant. Um, I hope it was as detailed and as interesting as I could make it. I remember, because I had this idea, God, probably last year, Sparks? Sure. No. No, I had this idea when I was on my cruise. Um, and I told this to you a little bit a little bit later. So last No, but it was but I told you about it this year because it came back this year. Yeah, but you had the idea last year. Okay, but I I, I told you about it and then I remember a couple of months as we we're like thinking about when to plan these. I remember because I was deep in the Ark of the Covenant report and I was like, I might have bit off more than I could chew. Right. Cause it was very boring. Um, sure. And only did last week of the, this report even come to fruition. So, right, because we're not talking about like we're not we're not talking about mythological tales the same way that we were before, with, right? With this kind of stuff, you know, this is all artifact based, and it's like, what did the artifact do? And it's like, well, depends on who you talk to. Yeah, and I do think there's interesting things to be had. Like, I I do think that the the arc eventually like the. So kind of some of the surrounding stories around the arc is really interesting. Is it real? Is it not? I think it's kind of funny. I think it's kind of interesting. So this is segueing. I'm going to segue into what we're going to be talking about next time, which is the Sankara stones. Uh-huh. So the Sankara stones of all four MacGuffins is the only one at the time Dial of Destiny. I don't know if Dial of Destiny has a, is a real thing. I don't think it is. But at of the original four, the Sankara stones are the only ones that don't exist. They're not sure. real. Right. I guess technically none of this is real, but this is the only ones that don't have a story attached to it. Sure. Um, they are based on something else. Um, okay. I'm going to take out the Ark of the Covenant thing. Um, they are based on something else. So the report there is going to be a little bit more detailed than the Ark one here, because I'm going to be talking about the Thuggy cult, the what the stones, what the stones represent in the movie, where they what they're based on in real life and some of the mythological stories surrounding the real life artifacts. Sure. So um, I'm currently knee deep in that one. So hopefully I finish that one soon. But yeah. So that, like that's, one. that's it. That's it. Thank you for doing this with me sparks. Yeah. Happy to do it. Happy to have miscellaneous back in, in some form. Yeah. And I hope that this will, uh, springboard into something new, but we will be doing the Indiana Jones one. So, as I said, the next time will be the Sankara Stones. Yes, that will be that will be next. And if we're timing everything right and we have the time correctly, we're gonna get that and this out. And then you're probably gonna audience members go see Dial of Destiny in theaters, and then we'll do the rest of them because <laughs> uh, we're not getting all four out before. No, unfortunately, we just don't, don't have the time. But we will we will get the get the first two and then we'll bookend it with the last three. Um, but guys, audience members, if you're interested in more Indiana Jones stuff, there's plenty more. Um, I've talked a little bit about uh, the uh, Indiana Jones episodes that we did on the Fickner podcast where we talk about the four films. Yeah, um, our cinephiles. Are, they, are, they are available as cinephiles. You can check them out. Uh, please do. They're a lot of fun. I really love talking about those movies and uh, hopefully I love talking about Dial of Destiny, which will be our big review coming up. Time will tell. And, <laughs> and uh, then there is 
Um, this isn't recorded yet, but soon we will have uh, episodes of the Real Score, which is our newest show. Um, yeah, about, Real Score, about the films. Real Score will be handling Indiana Jones, the trilogy, and then the following month, the Crystal Skull alone, mm-hmm. and then after that, the Dial of Destiny. So yeah, across so across this month all the way through August, Indiana Jones on the Real Score. So stay tuned for that. And then my episode of Conversation, which is probably out by the time you're watching this, but it's not out at the time we're recording this, uh, with Ken Knapsack, which will, which is just about Indiana Jones. We just talk about Indiana Jones and fandom and being loving that character and being in that fandom. So yeah, a lot of Indiana Jones stuff for you guys to check um, out. Some Someone might be checking out the miscellaneous feed with absolutely no knowledge of the rest of these things. So I should clarify our cinephiles discussions on indie films are purely us discussing the movies, like in general review fashion, the real score is us talking about the scores of the film. So what the music that John Williams made for the movies and how they connect with the films. So that's what those shows are. Yeah. And I think we'll probably, we should make a playlist on YouTube for this. Just Indiana Jones. I We'll we should. We should. We'll, we'll talk about it. I don't know that there's quite enough videos to justify that, but I, I, if we do, I'm going to put conversation as a video. I'll, 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 I'll amend that. I'll amend that because I, I realize that there is a playlist with only four videos in it. Um, <laughs> we'll make a playlist. It just probably won't live on the main channel. Yeah, that's fair. But the reason um, is because we're probably putting miscellaneous now on our main channel feed. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so I guess that that's it. That'll do it. We're about an hour, so probably wrap up now yeah i think so um sparks thank you for doing this with me i hope you guys join us i hope you guys enjoyed this and i hope you guys join us for the next one um of course miscellaneous what are the social medias for miscellaneous miscellaneous p on definitely on twitter is it on instagram too i don't think so it's been a while it's been we're a gonna while. have to you know we're dusting off the cobwebs friends yeah is back but we're figuring it out we're dusting off the cobwebs uh for now, why don't we just plug all the fake nerd social medias? We'll get miscellaneous back up and running. Yeah, so so of course I'm sure you can find the I'm sure it'll probably be linked below. So check out the links below. But guys, miscellaneous is part of the fake nerd podcast family, a podcast um, where you can check out uh, all sorts of shows, including fake nerd podcast, which goes live every Sunday, where we talk about movies and TV shows and things like that, news things like that. Uh, come join us, have fun. The most recent episode is probably the Flash, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah we're all excited for the flash <laughs> um and uh coming up soon is mission impossible uh three and four discussion yeah we're doing the mission impossible franchise yeah and then you know importantly indiana jones and the dial of destiny will be at the end of this month so right yep that's there stay tuned for that of course there's also fickner's watch there's basement arcade basement arcade pause menu animation station we talked about the real score already Victor Book Club, all these shows you can check out on this channel, uh, on this YouTube channel. Some of them have audio feeds. If you're listening to this audio feed, um, please check them out. They're a lot of fun. Really enjoyed doing them. And Victor Podcast on all the social medias, victorguys at gmail.com. If you can figure out the miscellaneous email, email us what you want to talk about on myth- what you want us to talk about on miscellaneous. Why not? Yeah, do that. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for a few websites, including CBR.com. AtomicEatum.com and oh, the Indiana Jones article is coming to AtomicEatum.com soon. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And then uh, KaijuRomanMedia.com. Uh, Sparks, where can people find you? Uh, he's usually better at this, friends. He usually writes it all down. Um, I do. I don't have it written down. Me. 
<laughs> you you can find me uh at sparks witty on instagram twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty uh and all of the things that brandon just said except for the things that he's writing by himself um yeah so that'll do it guys so what do we end this how do we end this show did we have a thing do we have a sign off i i trusted you to like you know Check listen to those first episodes boy <laughs> I, you know i think i think we did but i don't remember it off the top of my head yeah you know what next time we'll be more prepared i hope you still enjoy the For report now, friends it's all myth to me <laughs> <There> it is <laughs> goodbye everyone <laughs>